Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, broaden our horizons. We're not really going one movie at a time this time. This is a bonus episode. You threw me there. Yeah. That's like, did you fuck up? That's pretty This good. is our 2022 year in review wrap up. And as usual, I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and I am here with Michael. Hello. And Jason. Hey, everyone. What's up, guys? How you doing? Man, we survived another year. Doing good. We did it. Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. It was exhausting. As it is. The big cyclone code bomb, whatever thing it was, yeah. has gone off, and I think it's, a, uh, it's past us. We had a flash freeze our way. Yeah, that was cold as balls. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for people who live that life like on the daily. Yeah. When it's like negatives, and you're constantly dripping your faucets and <laughs> afraid your power is going to go out. Yeah, fuck all that. I feel for you people that live that way. Not for me. No, can't, can't I'm go, good. Can't go there. I'm good. Um, so this is our usual casual, relaxed, end-of-the-year episode. We're going to talk about some stats about the podcast, review what's happened, talk about some fun stuff, some stuff that maybe didn't pan out, uh, and then we're going to wrap up with our favorite film discoveries of the year. Awesome. So nice and easy, nice and breezy. I'm casual. Keeping it casual. We're always casual. casual. What are you talking about? Pants unbuttoned. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> whatever happens. Pants. I wear stretchy pants. Where we're going, we don't need pants. <laughs> Anyone who has not discovered stretchy pants by now, like, man, I feel sorry for like you. Like sweatpants? No, no, no. Jeans. Stretchy jeans. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you haven't... Hmm. <laughs> That's where it's at. Um. So to wind us back to the start of this year... The, like... Wow, that was great. You may be wondering, who am I? Who are we? That's me, right there in the corner. Genre exposure, film podcast. You're probably wondering how we got here. Wow, okay. Um, no, we had a major shakeup. We changed our format completely. Uh, the first year we had kind of just doing a freewheeling, like, whatever movie, whatever. And then we decided to formalize that more with this whole, like, block format. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a topic, we have a theme... And then we would each curate a film to go along with that. Yep. And at the start of the year, we kind of said, hey, we don't know how this is going to work. We're just going to do it. Let us know. And I guess to wrap back around to that now, the the end result of that is that it was probably a good idea in the yeah. end. It seems All like right. it's done well. Um, I so we're making money now is what you're saying? Not quite. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Um, we're still in the negative. <laughs> still in the negative. Oh. Labor of love. Um, I have a bunch of stats to go over just to... Chronicle the year. So uh, this first set all comes from Spotify, which is our most frequented platform for listeners. As Love far it as or that hate goes. it, man. It's the it's not surprising. It's, yeah, it's the, the standard. One, you man. can't fight it. Mm-hmm. It's the big elephant in the room. So uh, during the course of this year, we released thirty episodes. Now that's a combination of our main ones and the quick cut bonus episodes. Uh, among that, we had about three thousand minutes of content, which is. Crazy when you think about it. That is crazy. I felt every minute of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've been listened to across 21 different countries. According to Spotify, the top five are the U.S., Switzerland, the Philippines, Germany, and Brazil. That is a very eclectic mix. It is. I love it. It's appropriate for what we do. What I'd really want to happen... Like if any of those people still listen to the show, if we (laughs) haven't, it wasn't a one and done. If we haven't run them off and they still listen, I would totally love. For anybody from those countries, just to tweet at us and just say, hey, you know, like, yeah. where are you from? Um, and give us some fun movies from your region that we can watch. Yes. Because seeing Philippines on this list, I was like, man, I would love to do... We got to do Filipino. Yeah, both, like, sometimes. local region films and then also, like, American co-productions. Because I thought about, like, Hemisphere Pictures, right? And, like, the Blood Island films mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yep. 
Jason needs some recommendations for some Filipino porn too. <laughs> Absolutely, like, I do. <laughs> From every country, give me your <laughs> give me your top film you'd like me to watch and your top pornography you think I should watch. Um, so as far as growth compared to like our first year and then now this year, um, our streaming through Spotify increased by three hundred and eighty five percent. It's because two more people started which is like a, a big number. But again, like that first year, we were really, really thin on things. Well, so it sounds impressive. So. It, it sounds nice. Um, followers increased by 166%. Uh, listeners increased by 142%. Nice. It's like measuring your penis in centimeters um, instead of inches. And again, we're still like small time. I go time. for millimeters, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, more, it's more impressive. <laughs> um, again, we're like small time, so those are like whatever relative. But um, it is nice to know that just like, hey, it, yeah. is, it is going somewhere. People are listening, and we thank each and every one of you. Um, according to Spotify, the output in minutes that we make for our show is more content than 91% of all other creators in their TV and film category. Huh. So what that says to me is that we work way too hard. Wow. I, that's not like me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to scale it back. I mean, I am scaling it back. Yeah, you're scaling I put in too back. much work, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I gotta go. Um, our episode on a cult, directed by Koji Shiraishi, uh-huh. um, it got about 150% more streams than is average for our episodes. So wow. for some reason, that one drew people. I wonder why. I don't know. It was the taboo of it. You think so? That we were like, this is a gray area film. We can't tell you how to get it, <laughs> oh. but it's out there. And people were like, it's a snuff film. <laughs> it's a snuff film. Um, during the first week of October, we had a 100% more listener increase compared to the average week. No. So that was the start of the extreme horror block that you and I pioneered by ourselves, Jason. That's too scared for um, it. No, and, I think that means we need to steer into just all extreme horror all the time. And notably, that week is when we did a Serbian film. Nice. So, okay. If you all, if you change this to like all extreme all the time, the final episode is just gonna be Jason sitting in the corner crying. <laughs> Dude, I can take it. I mean, I know you can. He does like the Blair Witch monologue, but it's about watching extreme horror. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say I'm sorry to Michael and Dustin, <laughs> snot bubble and everything, mom and dad. And... <laughs> um, according to Spotify, our podcast was in the top ten percent most shared globally. Now again, that's cool, and it sounds like a lot, but then you got to think about the fact there's like millions upon millions and millions of podcasts. What? So I don't believe you. When you're talking about the top ten percent, like that is good, but it is relative. Right. Everything hundreds, so. literally hundreds <laughs> yeah. out there. <laughs> and last bit of things from Spotify: we are in the top twenty-five percent most followed podcasts. Hmm. Again, all relative, but fun to know. It sounds nice. You know, it feels good. It's a good pickup line. If any of us, <laughs> yeah. like, if we weren't hey, baby. all in, and you know, like. <laughs> Committed, really married or yeah. committed, uh, be like, hey, baby, I'm in the top 25% Spotify podcast. And then you say <laughs> podcast, and they're like, bye bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they say, oh, like the, the two assholes from David Gordon Green's Halloween. Okay, well, uh, bye now. <laughs> cool, cool. So do you make money? Uh, no. Uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's really about the, the pride of doing it more. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Um, so I have some more stats from Podbean, which is our primary hosting site. As everyone's going to know, this episode is brought to you by Podbean. Actually, it's not. They don't give a shit. We pay them. We pay them, yeah. <laughs> um, so from what they track, which they, they pull numbers from Spotify, but also from other their own things and other locations, their listing of the top five countries is the U.S., the U.K., Switzerland, India, and Australia. Another eclectic mix. Yeah, another eclectic mix. There's some crossing there. Yeah, the, the U.S. and Switzerland hit on both. Cool. Oh, it was our Australian, our... Um, 
Australian film that uh, Fortress. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Fortress. People were like, ah, we gotta do more Australian movies. <laughs> I know that movie. Watched it when I was a kid. Be <laughs> <laughs> traumatized. He was like on television. He was on the telly. <laughs> I don't know what they say. I'm sorry for all the any it's, Australian listeners. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's a fucking. Idiot. Um, and so for the U.S., we can break this down further into top states, and those are in order: California, Arkansas, New York, Texas, and Florida. Okay, that's just fucking weird. <laughs> none of, but also none of which are the state that we live yeah. in, which <laughs> means that no one we know fucking listens at all. So I know there's at least one person. So you may ask yourself, where does our home state of Kentucky fall on this list? It's number seven. So <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, so clearly, we should move out west. I guess is the takeaway. Obviously, that. <laughs> when you shared that with us before, that made me laugh because it's like, well, that tells me no one I know actually listens yeah. to this thing. Which you that's know, fine. I'm okay with that. It's really probably am. for the best. I, I don't want my family listening to this anymore. No, I really don't. Not after a Serbian film. No. <laughs> your mom, man. If she yeah, listens, that's the first one she decides. To if listen your mom to listened, this Christmas is real long. No wonder you didn't go down there this year. <laughs> your mom started listening. <laughs> Um, our top platforms as far as where people find our show, Spotify is number one, like I said, followed up closely by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and then Podbean itself. Hmm. And you may wonder, where are some of those weird ancillary ones that we, we've talked about in the past? Well, don't worry. Ghana accounts for 1.1% of our yeah. listeners. Ghana. Awesome. <laughs> Ghana. Bringing it in. Yep. That's fantastic. The entire country of India. Time well spent. <laughs> Um, and then as far as Podbean's tracking, they track like the actual like downloads that they can keep track of. So in our first year, we did about 1,000 downloads altogether among everything, which is a small time for a podcast, but whatever. So by comparison, this year, we managed a little over 2,000 downloads. Hey. So effectively, by our own metric of counting stuff, we've doubled... That's encouraging. Doubled things. That's, and that's encouraging. just in case you're curious, the metric that we count is using uh, M&Ms. We yep. lay them out... Mm-hmm. And then as someone downloads, we pull an M&M and we eat it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we measure our downloads. <laughs> so we've eaten 2,000 M&M's. <laughs> Very high tech. Uh, and our last bit of fun things that can be pulled. I have our top 10 most downloaded episodes from the year for 2022. Drum roll. Yep. So we'll, we'll count this down. So at number Whoa. number 10. And again, this is going to be weighted some because like our last few ones haven't really had the time. True. To run to like do the course of what Plus they suck. Gonna do. Um, I mean, Tokyo Trap's really gonna kill it, Dustin. I don't know. <laughs> hey, well, I, you never know. Actually, it does have a lot of views on YouTube, but that could be people looking for the movie. I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> we trick My favorite. Them. Yeah. We trick them in the watching. <laughs> and it's just Jason dancing like uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bill. <laughs> so, despite saying that the later year ones have like less momentum because of that. Squeezing in at number 10 is a Serbian film. All right. So that kind of lines Squeezing up. Squeezing in at number 10. Fantastic. That kind of lines up with their stati- statistical data there we've got. Okay. Um, you plan that? What? Squeezing, Squeezing in. in. Yeah. I, I have no script. I just. It's off, off the, the cuff, cuff, man. comes off the cuff. Off and the cuff. <laughs> that's usually how I walk into a joke with you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was it with um, the girl next door when I said it gets me hard or whatever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Really? Oh, God. <laughs> it was just Jason's face. I look across the table and he's like, oh, Phrasing. interesting. <laughs> At number nine, we have Let the Bullets Fly. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. That was a listener yeah. pick, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. At number eight, we have Knife Plus Heart. That's a good one. Good uh, Giallo Times. Number seven, we have Cat's Eye. 
great. So that was love I love doing that episode. Yeah. That was a fun one. It was, was probably the cat Instagram post too that really drove people to that yeah. one. They're like, Ooh, people cats. love kitties. Mm-hmm. The podcasts. And I have a new podcat, by the way. I need to share it. Oh yeah. yeah. New podcat? Yeah, we took in that foster and but it was going to be a foster and then we failed to foster it and just adopted it. Oh so. awesome. Good. I love it. Expanding the podcat family. Nice. Uh, number six, we have Death Walks at Midnight. Hmm. So clearly all the Jolly episodes do well, it seems. Hmm. At number five, Robot Carnival. So unlike our first year, I had an anime thing kind of sort of pull out well <laughs> on things in the end. Unlike the uh, fact that that's one of the few dislikes we actually have on, <laughs> YouTube, uh, on yeah. YouTube is <laughs> just dislike your anime one. Yeah, anytime we have an ep- anime episode, it's always going to get like one downvote on YouTube. And I don't know what, the, what that is. It must be like one very dedicated person. <laughs> you that's know like, who it ah. is. Anime ah. Thought Lover 69. <laughs> oh, yeah. That fucker. At number four, Delirium. Nice. So again, the Jolly Domination. Nice. Uh, number three, The Beast of War. So that was one of our first Yeah, that was episodes. a good one. That was that a really was a good one. Good, oh, that didn't make my list, but it was a good surprise watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Tomb Bad. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> so, so see, Michael, no matter what happens, the India block was worthwhile for yeah. Tomb Bad. Yeah. No matter what you think of uh, 13B or Ludo... <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Honestly, as absolutely shitty as 13B was, that's probably one of the more fun oh, episodes so much I've fun. had talking about. So much so. <laughs> yeah, if you if you like this for when we do have jokes and it gets pretty funny, that's that's one of the good ones. It's sure. the only thing to take out of that movie, man. <laughs> that <is it. laughs> and a surprising upset at number one, our top most downloaded episode of this year's episode. Please say Brimstone. Is... From that block, but it's Kioma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Franco Nero. Yep. Who doesn't love Franco Nero? Everyone. So, everyone loves him. And so, I guess just what I want to say about Kioma is, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't hate Kioma. I did not hate Kioma. I would have liked Kioma a lot more had that Caterwaul not been going on the whole goddamn movie. Uh, it's definitely an acquired taste. Or they hadn't left that baby to die at the end. Hey. Listen. As long as he's alive, he's free. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't going to be alive very long. <laughs> if he's dead, he's free, too. And he'll it's die whatever. a free man. <laughs> baby. He'll die a free baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to close out this section like we did last year, I have some random questions about the podcast to interview us all about. <laughs> I have a lot of questions, too. Um, so first of all, for the year, what was your favorite episode or block of episodes or your favorite moment that we came across? Oh, God. What's yours, Michael? Honestly, probably just shitting all over 13B. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I love that one. Because yeah. the movie was so bad, there was no point. And there wasn't a lot to get into, like, mm-hmm. as far as depth of the film. It was just yeah, a giant n- steaming turd. Nothing to analyze, no no theories. So the only way to make that an enjoyable episode that anyone might want to listen to is just to, to full-on let loose on mm-hmm. that turd. Which we rarely do, because we like, typically speaking, we like the movies we watch. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. yeah, and that's probably, is that really maybe the first time we all three, like, super negatively... Yeah, of course it was my yeah. blind... No more blind picks! <laughs> That was a fun memorable one. I would also uh, point out Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye, yeah. It was one of my cool. favorites. Because it was great to revisit it and talk about it with you guys. And one of you hadn't seen it. It was me. Yeah. Hmm. So that was awesome. It's me. <laughs> I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, so yeah. it was good to go it back. It still held, holds up. And it's a great movie. That's a film I've not seen in a long <laughs> time. Uh, I think for me, the one I'm going to do is, it was one of our quick cuts, but it's Pink Rabbit. 
the yeah. film directed by Zach Kenya Kilmis. You sadly missed that one, Michael. I did. I scheduling, did yeah. but that was fun. Um, I love when we do the ones where we've like interacted with another filmmaker, and they're like, "Hey, please watch my movie." Yeah, and then it, it's so enjoyable to go through that and then like devote the time to like really deep dive, look at it. It's great, and give more feedback than just like a you know eight hundred word article or something. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, envy the position that you have to be in as like a complete indie filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, like as a musician. You at least go and you play venues and like whether people want to listen to you or not, they're there you drinking. Very direct feedback. So and yeah, but like with a film, somebody's got to actually devote the time for it mm-hmm. to actually watch it, and it almost feels like you have to beg people, you know, if it doesn't have a. And it's so hard to, to for those filmmakers to even get attention because yeah. how many movies are out there? And where right do you put it? Like, how fight. do you get people to watch it <laughs> unless you just drop it on YouTube and start like trying to. But then you make no money. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what do you do? I, I do not envy. Or you'll just get you know taken off of YouTube because of their fucking standards and shit. Yeah. <laughs> True. I, I do not envy them at all. So it is super cool. And I've seen on social media she's working on her next film. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, maybe when it gets out there, we can, if we have the time, go back and check it out too. Yeah, maybe I'll sure. drop in on that one. We'll see. Yeah, okay. you should. Awesome. All right. So uh, we love you, Zetkin. Keep making films. Yeah. Keep coming. So for 2022. Were there any regrets that you have? Maybe this is something we didn't get around to. You had hoped we would do. Maybe a thought you left out on an episode, or maybe you've changed your opinion about a film since we've watched it, and you want to amend it a little bit. Ooh, I I don't actually regret anything I've ever said in my entire life. Cool. So I don't really. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Oh man, that's All a right. tough one because I I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. It was easy for me last year because like the second we finished doing Saint Maud, I regretted my review of it. Yeah, you were completely yeah. wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Do you regret Brimstone yet? No, I do not. Okay, hundred <laughs> percent. Do not. Eventually, you will. Like ten years from now, you'll rewatch it for some reason. You're like, oh my god, Jason was right. I've thought a lot more about the reflecting skin, mm-hmm. but I don't change my review on it. <laughs> But you I find think myself about thinking about that movie, which honestly might make maybe it should change my review. I don't know. It probably should. I don't know because oh, we've watched off. a lot of movies no. I've completely fucking forgot about. Yeah. We'll never think about again. It's true. I was actually going back through <laughs> our Instagram to remember what all episodes oh, yeah. we did, and I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot we watched that." <laughs> I forgot <laughs> I watched that. Um, well, I've got one. I'll throw out. Yeah, do it. Um, it's not really a specific thing so much as it's, um, I wish we would have done more bonus episodes, but that really comes down to time and scheduling. Yeah. And we've all had like challenges this year with regards to that. Me, especially with my work, mm-hmm. I've had to put in like crazy amounts of overtime like most of the year. And hey, and then, with me out of the picture, you might actually have time to do stuff because I'm the one with the... Uh, we really, all three of us had different stuff going on. No, so. Jason didn't have anything. I have no life. Yeah. <laughs> he was here. All right, well, it's really just you and me then. Yeah. The, the problem. But, Jason was here. Um... <laughs> He, yeah. didn't, he didn't fight it at all either. He was like, no. Because uh, we have had some other films like submitted to us by filmmakers that maybe we can circle back to at some point. I don't know. But it was one of those things. The time wasn't there to do it, so we just had to pass on it and let it go. Mm-hmm. So. We, do, we turn these around pretty quick, too. Yeah. So, like, I know some of the um, pods you've guested on mm-hmm. this year that you guys have guested on, you know, it could be like a month oh, yeah. or two months before that actually drops. And ours... You're probably hearing it like a week, yeah, week and a half, weeks, yeah. you know, after we've recorded so we're it. fresh and topical. So <laughs> or try to be. 
Last year we tried to keep a lot more in the can, but mm-hmm. uh, this year, man, like it was impossible. Really, just we just had to do what we had to life, do. Life, life. It's one thing if you get if you're making money doing this, mm-hmm. which I don't. Nobody does. Some Anybody, people do. Eh, they're lying. I've heard rumors. They're they're lying. <laughs> I listen to some where they make money. It's just their job. But yeah. yeah, if that was my job, then yeah, I could devote more time. But uh, so no other discernible regrets from you guys. Not when it comes to this. We're talking about life in general. Well, (laughs) pull up a chair, Sonny. Hold on. That brings me to, I think, the greatest quote that I have seen this year. Okay. um, Which came from Jason yesterday. (laughs) Um, You guys were talking back and forth about watching, um, was it all of the Silent Night, Deadly Nights? Oh, yeah, Uh yeah. Yeah, Which you can listen to that and me talk about those in an upcoming episode for sure. Um, But... Dustin referred to um, one of them as, <laughs> what did you say? It was like um, mostly mostly bad with oh. a few memorable great moments. And Jason just responded yeah. to you with that sums up my life and I would like it on a tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be the my favorite thing I've heard this year. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was when I finished the set and he was like, so what did you think in the end? And I was like, well, it's what you would expect from direct-to-video stuff from the 90s. Mostly bad but with a few memorable moments. Yep, my potato right there. <laughs> it sums up so many films that we've watched and it also sums up Jason's life yep. to a yeah. T. Um, and so then the next one is since we are genre exposure and we often care about the genre and talk about the genre of the stuff we watch what is one genre we have yet to cover that you would like to see us maybe try to get to in 2023 I know you're not sticking around with us Michael but you can surely take up our mantra of magical thinking and project one out there into the ether or just come back as a guest with one for us um it's probably split because i do i would like to see a comedy Mm -hmm. but that would be so hard to do yeah because comedy is so subjective we could have like three episodes and it would be like here's jason's jason's the only one that likes it here's dustin dustin's the only one that likes it yeah um but probably um just straight action Mm. Uh, just a straight uh old school action film i think would be I mean, you could probably just pull anything from the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Because I, I, I'm a defender of that genre, like hard defender. We've done some action, but not very much. You're right. And um, never, it's never been the focus either. True. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a hard defender of just like old school. I don't care how bad the script is. Mm-hmm. Just like canon movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nice. I mean, like, I'm not going to shit on the movie because I, th- I think it's classic for a reason, but, like, I rewatched Die Hard for Christmas. Oh, Die Hard's great. And, but I just miss those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. I miss them yeah. where it was just. It, it was, was actual, like, stunt work, model work. It yeah. wasn't all just CG. And... It was gratuitous. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's a great movie, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I miss that kind Robo of stuff. Cop, stuff like that. And those are still getting made. You know, to an extent, mm-hmm. I think there's people like Scott Adkins that are kind of trying yeah. to carry that mm-hmm. torch, which those land themselves in a bit of a martial arts subcategory of action. Yeah. But they're still just action films. Sure. Awesome. You know? yeah. Cool. We'll do more of that. You got one, Jason? I do. Fantasy. Fantasy, uh, yes. We really haven't tackled any like true straightforward fantasy. You just want to watch the Barbarian Brothers. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that has, and we might. That has been set up and it's waiting in the wings. And you know, um, we have nearly brought up, we, we are all big into uh, role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, all that stuff. And role-playing in general. And role-playing in general. <laughs> um, so it is interesting that we've not done fantasy yet. 
in light I of I think that. the problem is because people know about all the really good ones. So yeah. you have to kind of dig a little deeper for the stuff people may not have seen. <laughs> but they're out there. There's some. Mm. We'll get to it. How saw, about you? I'm sorry. You're working. We're no, gonna I say. was just going to say, um, now is the current time for fantasy. Like with all these, like every streaming platform yeah. is trying to drop their own fantasy. Like mega series. Mega that's their series. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. True. Get in on that bandwagon. Uh, I think mine's <laughs> going to be film noir. Yeah. Now behind the scenes, we had almost done yeah. a noir block, but we got into the weeds on like classic film noir and neo noir and where do we draw the line and all that stuff. And we kind of just like dodged out of it. Yeah. Um, so I would like to go back in on that and maybe just do specifically like old school film noir. Like 40s. It's got to be like stuff. 40s, 50s yeah. and earlier only. Because I, I dig that. I like Angels so with much. Filthy Souls. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's got to have that feel to it. Yeah. Somebody's going to be out there right now looking, <laughs> trying to find Angels with Filthy Souls. They're on the letterbox furiously searching. Not a real film. <laughs> Where is it? What is it? I have to get the blue. That's <laughs> such a fun... Pr- it's such a fun... <laughs> I don't know. Um, I rewatched that too for Christmas. So. It's, a, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. And then, so I think that's all the questions I had. So the last thing, and just to recap this, we love doing our listener episodes, and we did a bunch this year. So I just wanted to run them all down and again thank the people that submitted them. Cool. So we had uh, The Beast of War. So thank you, Nick. Great movie. Come True. Thank you, Urban Groucho. Fucking awesome movie. Also, we love you, man. You're a frequent commenter on the Twitter, and we appreciate it. He's probably going to get a blue check soon. I mean, I would give him one if I could, but <laughs> we're gonna pitch in and give him how much is it now? Eight, Eight or bucks. five dollars a month? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let the bullets fly from Cliffy. Thank you, Cliffy. We also have some of yours in the wings waiting on. I saw like what well, he gave us, uh, Millionaire's Express, and that's about to get a blue from Arrow. Oh, cool! So it was like mostly unobtainable unattain- before. Yeah, it was unobtainium. Yeah, God damn it! Uh, we did thought it. of it as soon as you said it. <laughs> we did. Uh, it follows from Robert. Thank you, Robert. Uh, the Righteous from Colin. Thanks, Colin. Great the, movie. Yeah, the Sadness the from Abe. Thanks, Abe. Sorry that I kind of trashed on that one. <laughs> it's a fun gore fest. <laughs> and our last one, The Girl Next Door from Elena. Thank you, Elena. Yeah, good movie. In fairness, I don't think Abe was like championing The Sadness. Because I saw his comment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he was championing it. I think he was just... Yeah, I mean, it, it, out it fits the, the genre. We were yeah, doing. yeah, I think it he is was extreme, throwing it out there. You know? so and I was not glad like to it do it. Favorite movie too. That it was like most of the films we did for that was older, like from the eighties or like mm-hmm. uh, Serbian film was like early two thousands ish area. So to do one that was like very current, yeah. was cool. Agreed. Okay, well that's I think all I really have about the podcast in general. We can get into our film discovery. The reason we're all here today. The reason we're all here. <laughs> I'm wondering why I gathered you here. So these are our favorite film discoveries of 2022. Now, when I say film discovery, that's a film that you've watched for the first time this year. So it could be a new film that came out in 2022, but could also be something old that you've only watched for the first time this year. Right. Got so it. Who would like to start us off? Michael, why don't you go first? Why? Why did you look at me? I don't know. I just feel like you should go first. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do this kind of in order of how I liked them. Um, probably my favorite that I've watched at all this year was one that we did for the podcast, which was my first time seeing Phantom of the Paradise. Nice. Oh, it's so magical. I loved it so much. It's one of those that I can't believe I somehow managed to not see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I talk to some people that are friends of mine that are like bigger into film, 
outside of the two of you because you know i only have one other person hey josh mm-hmm. um he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't listen it's fine um, he lives around here right so of course no he lives in columbus oh well. Wait, are you sure josh doesn't listen no i'm 100 percent positive well, fuck you josh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because the last time I saw him, I had lunch with him, and he was like, you still writing for that podcast? And I was like, uh, one, no, uh, that was a very different thing I did. And, and two, I mean, you don't usually write for a podcast, but, uh, you know, it's fine. It's well, whatever. Some of us um, write a little bit. When I, was, when I asked him, I was like, Josh, have you seen Phantom of the Paradise? And he was like, only about a hundred times. And I was yeah. like, well, shit. So good. That's the thing is you'll go back to that film a lot now. It's on your radar. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I I couldn't get enough of it. Excellent. Did I need to give you the year? Uh, was it nineteen seventy four? I believe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll get the year for the rest of mine. Sure. Sorry. Cool. cool. Great, will... great, great pick. That's a great movie. Love it. Keep it clockwise, uh, Jason. Oh, okay. Um, asterisk here for first of all because I actually saw Come True last year, even though we did it for a. Uh, Pod episode this year, yeah. correct? Otherwise, Come True would be on my list big time because I freaking love that. That's movie. on my honorable mentions for mine. Nice. Um, I will start with one. Let's see. Uh, this isn't really in a particular order, but from 2009, Red Line, directed by Takeshi Koike. Yeah. Fucking love that movie. It's easily <laughs> one of the best animes I've ever seen. Love the style. Love need to the watch character. that. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's like an over the top galactic like space race. Yeah, were you not there for that? No. Dude. No, you watched it on your own, I believe. Didn't we cover that? No. 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 Oh, fuck. We didn't cover that. No, no, oh, no. that doesn't matter, though, right? Because no. it's whatever we've seen. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm being confused by our own rules. You um, usually are. It's very simple. Anything you've seen this year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> See, that's the problem. It's very simple. Oh, shit. It's very simple, Jason. <sighs> God damn it. All right. He's so fucking <laughs> condescending, isn't he? <laughs> it's very simple. You fucking moron. It's very simple. You're leaving, okay. you're leaving me alone with this idiot. <laughs> um, Once you're gone, Michael, I'm just going to turn to the right and talk to you. Even though you're not here. Just... <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, you should check out Redline, Michael. It's visually stunning. It has great characters and character design. Great soundtrack. It's it's kinetic without being like a studio trigger type movie. No, that's you know, it's not hyper kinetic. I wanted a seizure. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's legit one of the best I've ever seen. And the animation quality is like so fluid. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I don't know. How does that stand in the anime community to your knowledge? It's kind of forgotten these days, I would say, but like it's generally beloved. Now, do they have do they have kind of a um, short memory? <laughs> so listen here's the thing about being an anime fan is it's if you're really really into it it's all about keeping up with like what's new and like the current season which is why airing, i'm so behind it's this whole like treadmill you got to keep up on oh, and be God. watching like the latest stuff uh, sometimes you gotta go in the past yeah anyway so yeah red line if you haven't seen it check it out it's fucking awesome and that's, go back and that's always future, Marty. that's always been one too that like uh if we ever did like a block of just anime films that's always been a contender in yeah. my mind to talk oh, about definitely i loved it okay so my first one um Hmm. Which one do I want to take first? Uh, I'll save that one. So let's do a special thing happened this year. David Cronenberg came back to the cinema with Crimes of the Future. Now this has been pretty panned by now. I think there's a lot of a lot of mixed emotions and feelings about it. Um, well, it's not a David Cronenberg. Unless and I'm here to tell you uh, that you're wrong about it, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the film that you wanted. Everyone wanted like another Videodrome, and I get that because that's like you know top shelf. 
But this is the movie that I think he wanted to and needed to make in 2022 in light of his career and the world and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've watched it again since I saw it in theaters. I don't know if you have, Jason. I haven't yet. I'm waiting to do that. There's a lot of depth there. It's like it's uh, it's like getting like a big novel compared to like picking up a comic book or something. You know, like you can keep going back to it and I think pulling more things out of it and noticing different stuff. Nice. And it's weird and it's awkward and it's it's very erotic and it's erotic in an awkward way, which is like the best of the stuff that he does. Yep. Um, and I think it's very timely, very prescient about the world and where the future could go. Uh, and also in a lot of neat ways, it kind of looks at his own career of like being obsessed with these weird oddities and looking into like strange taboo ideas uh, as an artist and a creator, which is like personified in the character who's the lead, mm-hmm. uh, Saul Tenser. Yes. Um, so I love it. I think it's great. I'm going to keep going back to it. I think maybe in time it'll get vindicated more. It will. Most of his films have. Once the like initial disappointment sets off for some people. I, the best thing I could say about that movie is that when it was over, I was like, no, I want more. Yeah. Give, give me more. Yeah. It can't be over yet. Yeah, I think when we first talked about it, we said it felt a little bit like a TV show or something, mm-hmm. but that's just because you wanted more. Yeah. yeah. And there is more to tell. Mm-hmm. For sure. A good pick. That's a good pick. All right, Michael. All right, um, this next one in terms of uh, what I liked the most, I actually just saw for the first time last week. Oh, um, because it came out. It was a holiday film, which is surprising that a holiday movie would be high up on my list. Um, but it was Violent Night. <laughs> I've seen. I've been seeing everyone talk about it's, this. It's fun. It's very fun. Holy shit! I had so much fun. It's like, <laughs> like I'm. Not, it's not a great film. No. Mm-hmm. By any means, but it's also hits my mark on that action thing too. Mm. That's just unabashed action for the sake of action. Mm. Um, but I also can't think of a time when I just had that much fun watching a movie. Um, for those that might not have seen it, it's David Harbor from Stranger Things fame um, taking the role as Santa Claus, who is thrown into a diehard slash Home Alone situation. <laughs> And must rescue a family that's being held hostage by some, uh, quote, terrorists. They're not really terrorists. They're just robbers. Robbers, yeah. It's like Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but, oh my God, man. David Harbour. It's his movie. He's yeah. so much fun to watch. Uh, a lot of people complain. They're like, I wish the children weren't in it. And I'm like, get fucked. Like, what? <laughs> How are you going to have a... A Santa movie with no children. What's in the it? problem yeah. with having kids? In they that? said the kids were annoying. I'm like, kids are fucking yeah. annoying. Don't you have any? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can tell you, they're very annoying. I disagree with that. I really do. See, that's like when people criticize the Babadook because the kid. I'm like, yeah, that, that was the fucking point, man. Yeah. How else do you get it? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no, I had so so much fun uh, with it. It's it's streaming on VOD now, so mm. I'll have to circle back for it then. Um, and honestly, I think it's totally watchable outside of the holiday season as well because oh, yeah. it's just a fun action film. It did do my pet peeve of CG gore, but you know, yeah, that's almost yeah. unavoidable anymore. It's it's difficult to not do, but Ooh. God, I had so much fun watching that movie. <laughs> and you know, I saw people talking about this. It's uh, owned by Universal, and there's another little movie owned by Universal called Krampus. Oh yeah. So what do you think? Uh, maybe a Violent Night Krampus oh. mashup. David Harbour fighting Krampus. Yeah. I'd, I'd be down for that. I'd watch it. I rewatched. <laughs> I did my rewatch of Krampus this year. Oh, such you know, a good movie. As always. Yeah, so. It's perfect. Nice. 
My, oh, my turn? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Again, the rules are simple. <laughs> the rules are simple. Round Remember robin. how we said that we were going to go clockwise? Mm. You're like, how does a clock work? <laughs> the numbers aren't The numbers aren't digital. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it's my shameful secret. I never learned how to tell time. <laughs> um, I will go with a film that I saw that surprised me quite a bit with how much I liked it. Because I have had a tumultuous relationship with the director over the past several years uh x by t west oh yeah nice fucking love this movie fucking loved it he's only done one other movie that i liked quite a bit actually well two to be fair was innkeepers although i hated the ending and uh house of the so devil that, yeah house of the good. devil's fucking great yeah i also love the sacrament but i know a lot of people actually, are i haven't seen it i need to see that one mm. um but x just i loved it it blew me away i thought it was great um, I love the theme, the characters. I love the fact that it depicted people who make pornography as being actual layered people mm-hmm. and not like just scumbags or, you know, <laughs> it's like they're, they're, they're people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have hopes and dreams. and They got shit on. <laughs> yeah, so now they're doing porn. <laughs> uh, delivered on the violence, had some good gore and kills. Um, in a perfect world, Mia Goth would be nominated for an Oscar. Probably won't happen. Not for X. No. There's no way. But she fucking <laughs> deserves it. Um, and it wasn't a fucking sequel or a remake, so that alone is <laughs> worth something. Uh, but if you haven't seen X for whatever reason, go out and watch it, please. I am in that camp. I still you need to watch it. I still haven't watched it's it. It's really good. I didn't like it as much as Jason, but I do think it's really good and worth a watch. So mm-hmm. um, I usually don't listen to you a whole lot, Dustin. Mm. I'm, I usually will sometimes <laughs> watch things to spite you. <laughs> You'll be like, that movie was shit. And I'm like, well, we'll fucking skip right, out well, that. He watches it like, oh God, it was it shit. It was shit. Oh no, Dustin was right. <laughs> well, uh, buckle up when we get to the end and I whip out my dishonorable mentions. Oh. oh, oh okay. All right, so my next one. Excuse keeping me while it, I whip this out. <laughs> keeping it modern. Keeping it in 2022. Uh, this is another, kind of like my first film. It's very divisive for people. I'm going with Alex Garland's Men. I still haven't uh, yeah. seen that. I, haven't got, I oh. love Garland, though. I absolutely love Alex Garland. One of my favorite directors. I've pretty much loved everything he's done and worked on. And, man, it just delivered. It's this perfect, great little tight folk horror film. It does all the, like, A24 modern art house horror stuff you want, where it's mixing up, like, a very serious relationship-related topic and other themes of, like, depression and uh, mental illness and things like that. So it's elevated is what you're saying. Elevated, yes, very much so. <laughs> and weaves that with like t- uh, themes about toxic masculinity and like the history of that and how it's been. And I know, oh, we hate it. It's, it's woke. It's so woke, man. But man, it's so good. And like there's so many great little like gags and scares that like you never see coming and they're executed so, so well. And just I love the camera work. It's so lush and vibrant. And the mood and the slow, like very deliberate tone and it ends in one of just the completely most like bonker out of their final scenes where I won't spoil it because I still think some people who haven't seen it, if they don't know the kind of gotcha at the end, like, man, it's crazy. And it's mm. so wild to see it. And there is some like CGI in the mix there, but they blend it so well. Like, it's just crazy. Mm. It's one of those true like cinematic moments where you're never going to see that until you've seen this film and it'll stick with you for a long time. Damn. I'll have to watch it. Watch it soon. So I loved it. I love men. <laughs> that one's cool, for you, man. Michael. <laughs> I love men. Why can't I find Amanda? <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a safe space, Dustin, and you can tell us whatever you need to. We're here to support you. Uh, my next one 
was actually another one for the podcast mm. that we watched. Um, and it was actually my pick that I had never seen before. But it was when we did our um, films made for TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was 1971's Duel. <sighs> Classic. Yeah. Like, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this, but mm. I just had never seen it. And man, that's a masterclass in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Spielberg. So, of course, so, but. But like for that early too to be what yeah. it is, <clears throat> it just is a beautiful way of showing how to take not much and just amp up tension mm. and no, I mean that's Matheson though, like that's Matheson's calling card of the just being material. able to take yeah. the mundane, make it horrible, and just ramp it up and make mm. you start to you know get tense and like how often do you watch him? I felt like I had this last year too with um oh god damn it um sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one came out of left field for me. Yeah, Sorcerer is kind of the same way. You can take a, a film and just really put you on the edge of your seat and ramp up the tension in a film. And Duel did that for me this year. So Nice. I Excellent. think it says a lot that it was your first time seeing it, and despite being so old and what it is, like it still was so impactful it made this list. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still think about it. Mm. It's awesome. Every time I... Honestly, if it, has it not changed... like? After watching it more recently, does it not make you look at semis in a whole different way when you're on the interstate? A little bit, yeah. When yeah. one starts riding you just a little bit too close, you might be like, mm, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to get over. I'm not really going to... Yeah. I don't want to piss that guy off, you yeah. know? I'm just going to get over. Between that and Joyride, man, like... Yeah. Candy cane. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Have I told you that I make my wife say that? She, yeah. The, every yeah. time she says candy cane for the holidays, and I'm like, what? And she's like, candy cane. <laughs> I was wondering in what context you made her say that. Thank you for clarifying. If she ever says candy cane, I'm like, a what? Candy cane. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. All right. My next one that came out, also came out this year, was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Ah. Oh, I'll Great say movie. I was so much fun. Just talking about needing to see that. Mm. Um, great cast. I mean, Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Stephanie Sue, who I like a lot, and Kihu Kwan needs to do more fucking movies. I, I know I said this last time when I talked about when I saw this movie, <laughs> but the fact he hasn't been in any movies forever is a crime against humanity. And he should be forced to make more movies. <laughs> oh, well, I've seen a lot of the bigger like uh, film news outlets. They've all kind of picked up on that and been like, "Hey, where's this guy been?" Yeah, seriously, he was so great. Original script, you know, it was just plain fun too. Just I'm a, excited. Just a fun movie and uh, more multiversal than Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen. I can't compare it. But... I can, and I will. <laughs> There's a, actually a really beautiful interview with Michelle Yeoh where she's t- breaking down her career, hmm. um, and she cried talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, wow. because she said it was the first time a director saw that she wanted to do comedy <laughs> and that she could do comedy. Just hilarious. And she was like, you don't know what it means to an actor to want to do something and have everyone tell you that's not who you are, that's not what you do. Yeah. You're this ass-kicking. Right. Yeah, especially if you get typecast into a role. And she has. I mean, she's great at what she does, sure. but she has been typecast. And it was just such a beautiful interview. She cried. She was just like, I can't thank them enough for giving me the opportunity 
to show that I can do this. And she was hilarious too. She was great. The whole Rakakui bit just oh, it still cracks me up <laughs> and then I think about it. I, the fact that I'd forgotten to watch it and then I just told Piper over the weekend, I was like, oh shit, because we watched two things that had Michelle Yeoh in it and I was trying to explain to her who she was. What'd you watch? Uh, one I don't want to mention because it's really bad. Um, but I started was it Discovery, Star Trek Discovery. No. <laughs> um, Piper wanted to watch it, but it was like um, the School of Good and Evil or something okay. on Netflix. It's, yeah, it's a Paul no Feig movie. Um, mm. It was rough. It was real rough. Mm. Um, but she's in it for like two minutes, and I'm like, how the fuck do you put Michelle Yeoh in a movie for two minutes? Like she should be the fucking star. Um, <laughs> but then I started The Witcher Blood Origin. Today. Oh yeah, how's that? Better than The Witcher. Mm. I mean. I'm sure people might shit on me for saying that, but it's it reads as original fantasy because it's not The Witcher. Right, mm-hmm. right. Takes the same, you know, backstory of yeah. The Witcher, but sets you in that with characters that aren't Geralt. You know? I, mean, I think right. it's fine because the the Witcher TV show's kind of already butchered the source material. So yeah, but I mean, like, just take the idea and run with it and do something else. Yeah, and I and I feel like ninety percent of the people who watch The Witcher haven't read the books. No, no. No shade. No, I haven't read You know, them. like, it's no shade if you haven't, but like... I also don't Not all of them, but... I mean, I actually think you'd like it. I think you'd like Blood Origin. Okay. Actually, quite a bit. Cool. We'll check it out. So Sweet. That's not on my list. Cool. But, yeah. And you know, another good follow-up from this, too, I've seen is a lot of the, like, boutique Blu-ray labels, they've already been on this push to get, like, Hong Kong films now, and I've seen where several of, like, the early Michelle Yeoh films... They're getting picked up now to get like restorations and stuff. Excellent. There's so. so much HK stuff that needs to get yeah. picked up. It's cool that that's like furthering that now too. It's because they nice. listen to this show, mm-hmm. obviously, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh man, these three guys in a basement in Kentucky really? <laughs> we could probably make sixty dollars." I mean, you know, they get their finger on the pulse of what was cool thirty years ago. Probably, <laughs> probably not just us, but we are one. You know, pebble in the pebble in the pond. We stand to make sixty big, big ones. ones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I believe it's your turn now. It is, yes. Uh, Here's my surprise one. I avoided mentioning to you guys that I saw this film just so I could talk about it now. Oh, no. So this is not a modern one. It is modern, but not 2022. So from 2020, while I was on vacation, I finally sat down and watched Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Ah. Yay! Um, and I ooh, fucking loved it, Isn't man. It great? So good. It's so. Oh, I'm glad good. I remembered the segment that we're doing because I was like, he's about to fucking trash Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, yes, it is basically just Christopher Nolan's James Bond, but like, ooh, the execution of it all, the all the acting is so masterful from every single person that's involved. Um, I love um, John David Washington as the lead. Yeah. He just kills it. The whole cast is great. The uh, whole cast is amazing. It was, Arpat it, for me in that one, though. Part of the Arpat revival, on his, uh, his rise to be in the Batman. He's so charismatic in that. Yeah. Um, I love the ideas, the concepts, the weird sci-fi twisty stuff it gets into with the time travel and how all that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny because I think I told you guys, like we were at a beach house and it was like a family vacation. And so it was like me and my uncle and we sat down to watch this and like everybody else was kind of milling about and other people would watch it for a little bit, and they'd be like, "I don't know what's going on," and just like drift off. <laughs> well, this is, in all fairness, this is not a movie you can come in on the middle of. I watched to the end, and I was like, "I don't know if I know what's going on." Well, when uh, we watched, God it, damn it, was good. As soon as it was over, it, it we went back and rewatched the first like fifteen twenty minutes. It makes it, a lot more it, sense. It forces yeah. you to go back and reevaluate what you've seen, and I love that in a movie because it, it rewards multiple viewings. <laughs> um, yeah, I have watched it another time since then too, so it's ooh. nice. 
Isn't it, an opening sequence just yeah, captivating? Well, I mean, right from the get-go, he has you by the balls. And, like, every set piece is just so well meticulously crafted and executed. And, yeah. um, and it made me realize, like, this is what my problem is, I think, with the James Bond films. Is they're, like, so formulaic now. Yeah. And with what they did with Tenet, it was so fresh, the way they, like, injected all the sci-fi elements in, mm-hmm. where it wasn't, like, over-the-top sci-fi, but it was, like, just enough to have a twist in there to make it really, really fresh. I always felt grounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It never felt like too far out there. Yeah, so I loved it. Great movie, awesome. I'm glad you liked. Nolan's it. such a great filmmaker. I mean, I, I'm glad. I hope he doesn't go back to any more superhero movies, though. Because I don't I, think he will. I hope mm-hmm. not. Because as much as I do like most of his Batman films, it's just he can do so much more than I'm, that. Have you opinion. seen all the shit for Oppenheimer? That's next year. We'll have that. Yeah, not yet. I've been kind of avoiding anything oh my, about it. He recreated a fucking nuclear explosion cloud without. Yeah, CG, practical. Yeah. In practical, nice. like in camera. And it's like, who the fuck does that? That's great. <laughs> he's a madman. Yeah, I, I love that he's the type of director that has enough clout to say, I want to do this. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, do it. But he's not doing stupid shit. But will it be as cool as a nuclear explosion scene from David Lynch's Twin Peaks revival? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it will not. There's a different thing going on there, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. For sure. That makes sense. All right, this is number four, right? Yeah, it's your last me? one. Um, one I just do you want to do your honorable mentions first before you... No, do you have honorable mentions? Uh, I have some, but I can do them afterwards. Well, then that will be ruined. That's, your reveal will be ruined. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, my honorable mentions... Um, one was Come True. Yes. Um, Love that film. I Such... Oh, God. It's a that, gorgeous movie. That is like the type of movie that gets me like any movie that is very, you know, ethereal mm-hmm. starts to question reality. Mm-hmm. Um, shoe gaze made flesh. <laughs> it really. Is. <laughs> those are like my wheel. Those are like my favorite things that you will absolutely suck me in with those mm-hmm. and off. Maybe. I don't Ooh, know. Um, no, I absolutely loved come true. Uh, that was one of my honorable mentions. Um, another one I've already mentioned is what I watched on one of the podcast episodes, but it was, that super quirky animated film, the uh, Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So random and out of left field, and I was not expecting that. You know, it's not from a major. It wasn't like Illumination mm-hmm. or Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I'm such a sucker for animation, uh, which actually is gonna. That's uh, uh, my fourth pick. <laughs> oh, 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 I think I'm, I might know what it is. Oh, do you? And yeah. what do you think it is? Uh, it's probably red. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Fine. <laughs> well, let's have it. Um, no, my fourth and final pick was actually Del Toro's Pinocchio. Really? Okay, Ooh. I haven't seen it. It's on my watch list. Uh, it's good. It's really good. Um, Better than Disney's live action. Okay. <laughs> I didn't watch that. I have no desire. It has to be. Um, it has to be. It's oh, it's Del Toro. I mean, like yeah. absolutely Del Toro. It's very, it's it's very Pan's Labyrinthy mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, the film took ten years to make. Um, it looks amazing everything is all the creature designs and like sculpt designs all look like just del toro just vomited on the page and they and they made them you know like Mm -hmm. even the whale is a somehow del toro ish um (laughs) but it's it's such a sad film um and i think disney we get kind of we've become kind of used to Disney's version of Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the actual tale is very dark, yeah. very sad. <laughs> like all those old fairy tales. And you know, yeah. Now that you brought it up, I want to talk about a design thing with this film. I love the way they made Pinocchio look 
where he's actually almost like just the block of wood mm-hmm. fashioned into the boy. Because that's the whole thing, right? Is he's a puppet that wants to become a real boy. And then when you go like the trailer for the live action Disney Pinocchio, he already looks almost 100% right. yeah. yeah, out the gate. Well, and, Even in the cartoon. Yeah. And he's made of pure grief. Mm. You know, like Geppetto sculpts him because, I mean, spoiler, because his son dies. Right. And he's just made of pure grief. And, you know, and basically it's like one of those things where, you know, they like in a truth, like in a Disney fairy tale, it'd be like, oh, love brought him to life. Yeah. But in this, it's his grief that brought him to life, you know, and it's his sadness and his longing to fix what he can't fix. And like I, that resonated really heavily with me because I'm a tinkerer and I love to build and fix and make. Mm-hmm. And so I have a tendency to anything that breaks. I'm, I'm like, I can fix that. You know, that's nothing's truly broken mm. because I can fix it. But in in his story, he realizes like, oh, I can't fix yeah. everything. Like this is something I can't fix. So you know, he mm-hmm. just manifests that grief into Pinocchio. Um, it's so if that at all sounds like something you would dig, like a very different take on the Pinocchio story. Um, also, the voice cast is so fucking good. Um, David Bradley um, oh. does okay. Geppetto. Uh, and then all of Del Toro's regulars mm. show up. So like Ron Perlman. Um, nice. Doug Jones? Um, no, Doug Jones is not in it. Um, but Kate Blanchett is. Mm. Um, also, shit, who's the guy from the um, Lot 32? No. Uh, I see him. I can't place him. Um Great character actor. Mm. I feel bad. That's kind of the downfall of a character actor, isn't it? That you know him from like yeah. everything that he's done, but you can't <laughs> place him. Um, but it's actually a Netflix original. So, sorry, Dustin. It's a Netflix movie. They can but, be good. Um, they can be good. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Nice. Beautiful film. Um, Mastercraft and animation, too. Cool. I mean... Yeah, well, I'll check it out because I wasn't going to because I don't I don't really like the story of Pinocchio. It's a different but, enough story okay. that I think it takes on very. Ewan McGregor is also oh. in it, and he's oh. he's um, Sebastian J. Cricket. Oh. <laughs> um, he's great in it. Like he's basically the narrator. Um, but it is uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Ah, this is who I was thinking of. Cool. Okay. So I don't okay. know. I would. I think it's worth a watch if you don't like it within the first twenty minutes. It's safe to turn it off. You won't like the rest okay. of it. Okay. Well, I will check it out, man. You yeah, persuaded me. <laughs> There's mine. All of my films. Forever. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they never, will not get any better than those. <laughs> nice. All right, Jason, do you have some honorable mentions? Yeah, I'm going to do my honorable mentions. Um, in no particular order, we got Nope, which I finally watched like, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I'm still going to watch that soon. Very good movie. Very fun. Jordan Peele's amazing. There, there's certain sequences in this movie that will stay with you. I guarantee it. Garen damn to it? Garen goddamn to it. Oh, whoa. And I'll double certify that guarantee. <laughs> Thank you. Triple dog. <laughs> I'm going to do a shout out to Deadstream. Ah, fun one, yeah. Directed by Joseph and Vanessa Winter. It's very low budget. I love that one. Very DIY. Lots of fun. Very Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, the Righteous from 2021. Hell yeah. Um, honorable mention. Uh, also Pearl, the sequel to X, or prequel, I guess, technically. You know, I'm glad you mentioned The Righteous too. I meant to talk about this when I was talking about the podcast stats and info and stuff, and I forgot to mention it. 
Um, the director of The Righteous actually reached out to us and left yeah, us a comment on that, that episode. So awesome. And he thanked us for watching it and reviewing it and That's so taking cool. the time to talk about it and that stuff. That is so cool. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I wonder how he even came across that. Probably just Twitter algorithms. Yeah, it's amazing. I thought about tweeting back and be like, well, I didn't fucking watch it, so <laughs> suck it. Well, I'm glad you didn't do that. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Oh, else? you mean you don't want to actually shit on a director of a <laughs> film where they might actually see it? I don't know, like Brimstone? I have no regrets about Brimstone. <laughs> I, will hey, say, I will say everything I said to that man's face if I have to. I like Brimstone. I like it. I will defend it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Orphan, first kill. Oh yeah, you were jazzed up about that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 so good. It's it's actually really good. Uh, I I suggest you check it out. Um, Coming home in the dark from mm, 2021. Yeah, saw that. that Love it. A fun soul destroying movie. <laughs> um, the rental from 2020. I still need to see that one. Directed by Dave Franco. Yeah, it's very good. I cannot recommend it enough, especially if you stay at a lot of like. Airbnb type places. Thankfully, it wasn't directed by James Franco. Yeah, no, been weird. thankfully no. <laughs> the rental. And I would uh, red is an honorable mention for me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's all my honorable mentions. Now I think you have some dishonorable mentions. Do you want to? Oh, do I? Do I want to do those right do you now? Dole those or out do you? Save those for the end. Do you have some too, Michael? Or? I don't really have any dishonorable ones because you know there's I'm some a, I feel like I need to shit on. I'm a positive Peter. Okay, well, I have a few too, so do yours now, then do your final one, then I'll do my... Okay, do my dishonorable mentions, yeah. and then do my favorite. Okay. Although, honestly, my movies aren't like in any particular order. I like mm. them all the same. Oh, wait, Alone in the Dark. I'll just put that there. That's the one I didn't like. Alone in the Dark? Yeah. I don't, I don't even know what that is. So it's Some uh, Jack Palance. He's a serial killer from 82. I mean, I talked about it in the episode, Dustin. Uh, sure. Jack Shoulder directed it. <laughs> Walter Matthau's in it. Donald I turned, Pleasance. I tuned you out. Mm. <laughs> okay. I think you'll like it more than him. Probably, yeah. <laughs> okay, so some of my dishonorable mentions. Listen, got, I'll, I'll preface it with this, because I think you and I are in the same place on this. It mm. was a great year. 22, it was a great year for horror. 2022 was an awesome year for horror. It was also an awesome year for a lot of shitty horror it films. It was. It, I feel like maybe I should throw out, as an honorable mention, uh, Terrifier 2 as well. It was oh, a lot yeah. of fun. I got to see it in the theater. Great time. I love art. But that being said. That being said. Uh, some of the worst ones were, for me, VHS 99. There were a couple of bright spots. Mm-hmm. The last segment, which was the Deadstream people. Yes. That yeah. was probably the best. That was probably that was the best. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, man, it was disappointing. Whew. Very disappointing. Whew. I don't know why I keep watching these fucking movies. <laughs> and, there, and there's one next year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you know they're going to get me back because they're bringing in Scott Derrickson. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> 13B. Fear has a new address. <laughs> with an asterisk, though, because it was so much fun to talk about. I can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> Fear has a new phone number. Um, uh, they slash them, mm. which, you know, thumbs up for the message it has. I'm all about that. But, oh, my God, it was such an amateurish, horrible movie. It was, I mean, it's like Baby's first horror movie, and it's just terrible. <laughs> I think it pissed. I think it hurt him. I love that Jason said baby's first horror movie. <laughs> Show me on the chart where the film hurt you, Jason. <laughs> or IP. Um, well, that could be a multiple two to places. Uh, I, I think we might spar on this, Dustin okay. and I, here in a minute. But Dark Glasses, Argento's new one. Oh man, it starts off promising. <laughs> it starts off promising. It's actually kind of like okay, 
Justin's body language changed and he like kind of tensed up and glanced at me like it's getting conversational. <laughs> but I think it's a big smoking turd. I think it's terrible. I mean, not that we should be surprised because Argento hasn't made anything worth watching since opera. Listen, when you watch it and it's the secret shutter screening. Maybe you were excited for that. There's but this I mean ambiance. <laughs> that elevates the film. I'm sorry, you may be being served something on a silver platter. You take off the tray, it's a big steaming turd. It doesn't make it any better how you saw it. Ah, yes. <laughs> Another one we might fight on is Smile. Oh, fuck you, Jason. This show's over, man. Derivative. What? Boring. Predictable. Boring. <laughs> Derivative. That's actually my epitaph. <laughs> I just did not care for this movie one bit. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the big one, though, of course, I think we're probably all going to agree on this, is Halloween Ends. I actually didn't watch it because I... How could you not watch it? Because after... Honestly, there wasn't going to be anything better than your all's commentary on it. <laughs> because you both were like almost live tweeting as while watching it. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. It was funnier than anything else that, like, if I were to watch the movie, I'd be like, oh, this is bad, but, like, I'm glad it exists because I got to read that, that thread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It, it, and it's boring. That's the, that's the biggest sin. Derivative. <laughs> and repetitive. Boring. And boring. <laughs> but at least Halloween Kills was, like, funny in a bad, I mean, it was yeah. a, it's a bad movie, but it was, like, funny. Funny you know? bad, yeah. Right. But this was just taking itself so fucking seriously. Oh, fuck you. This movie sucks. Yeah, but I heard the novel kind of fixes all the problems. Oh, oh great. There's a novel. Wonderful. Did you guys know <laughs> that all the people on Exegol? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Listen, if you need a comic or book or uh, audio drama or any kind of that shit to explain your movie, it's yeah, a bad movie. You failed. You have failed in your basic <laughs> job. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> More pleasant things. So all that said. All that said. Uh, I think that's all my dishonorable mentions. Yes. Uh, one uh, My last uh, big favorite surprise from the from the year um, was Jackass Forever. Ah, yeah. Wow, okay. I fucking loved this <laughs> it's fucking so movie. Fun. It was so <laughs> funny. It is the perfect, you know, hanging out with, with friends, drinking beers. It is the perfect movie for this. I, I watched it with my toddler. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard at this movie. I'm with you. I did too. Um, and it was like surprisingly heartfelt in places. It's like you're watching these people torture each other, but you can feel the love they have for one another. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't do, and I think it's also a safe one. There's a uh, there's a few dick jokes in there, but not like there's the, a lot of dicks in there. There, but it wasn't to the level that they did like previously, like the eating yellow snow and like yeah. They didn't go for the gross-out humor as right. much And that was always time. my least favorite stuff on Jackass. Usually. This one is more genuine, like, I want to terrify my friend and make them question their life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also, it, it wasn't, like, mean-spirited or cringe humor either. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Because, like, the Borat stuff, I hate that shit. It, to me, it's just a little too cringy. Um, Even though he's pointing out horrible things about horrible people, Borat, it's very uncomfortable for me to watch. I don't like Borat, but my uh, opinion on it changes when I listen to him talk about it. And, yeah. you, and you hear like the fact that they're setting up bits with people that they don't know how they're going to respond, and mm-hmm. then they respond worse than they thought they would. <laughs> and like then Sasha Baron Cohen has to be like, 
holy shit, yeah. I have to run with this right. and see how far it'll go. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I can appreciate the work that goes into that. Yeah, but it's, it's still a, just so uncomfortable. To I watch. think his comedy is a very um, the Sasha Baron Cohen comedy is a very jester type comedy. Yeah, it's like I'm going to holding a mirror up to people. Yeah, and and that's a very specific type of comedy. But Jackass Forever was like, I'm like the scene where they put everyone in the dark and they make them think that there's a snake (laughs) loose. Oh god! Oh, that one was great. That was a good bit. Yeah, it's just it was so much fun. I haven't had that much fun. I think I bit. I think I got bit. (laughs) (laughs) They run out. There's mouse traps all over the floor. Oh, I haven't laughed that hard at anything in a long time, so it was it was uh, very welcome. Yes. Dustin. Okay, so I'll start with my honorable mentions, because again, it was a great year for It was. Work. It was a great year for uh, So honorable mentions include X. Again, I didn't love it as much as you, Jason, but man, just such a solid film. Good yeah. to see Ty West back in there mm-hmm. making movies. Who Is knew it he- T or Ty? I've heard it both ways. T-T? I've T-tie? heard it both ways. Maybe he'll reach out to us and let us know. I'm sure he will. We want to say your name right, because we like you. Um. Nope. Gotta have Nope on there. Mm-hmm. So good. Just I like it better than Us. I don't know if I like it better than it, it, Get Out. But it's just, it's just a smidge from greatness, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's almost there, but the idea is behind it. And again, there's one one like horror gag that's like, ooh, it yeah, goes so hard. It sticks with you. So good. Um, Watcher. That was one of those Shudder originals that I streamed, mm. told you guys about. Um, that, yeah. Really good. Really stuck with me after I watched it. So I, I loved that one. Uh, controversial edition. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Netflix's... Um, Re- reboot cool destroying film entry in the franchise <sighs> loved it it was fucking ridiculous over the top it did exactly what a film needs to do if it's going to be a reboot cool which is to just shit on the legacy stuff and be like it doesn't matter i, I love that they had the balls to do that it was so <laughs> over the top and so crazy and mean-spirited i appreciate it greatly uh and then my fifth honorable mention that i gotta get in there is smile mm. <laughs> and what i want to say about smile is that i think I went in with like the worst expectations because I was seeing it at a budget screening with a friend and we were like, whatever, we're just going to like shit on it, I guess, and walk out. It doesn't matter. Well, surely that has skewed your perception of it. And then when I actually watched it, I was like, no, this isn't... I thought it was going to be Truth or Dare. Blumhouse's Truth or Dare. But it wasn't. It was this deeper film. It was. <laughs> it was this deeper film with like... It had the good like Babadook, like emotional, mental trauma as horror thing going on. I sincerely liked <laughs> some of the uh like scare gags that they had especially the whole like head drooping spin in front of the oh, car, see, I thought that car was moment. silly i thought it was silly. um i liked where it ended up at and the conclusion and then it does the whole like reverse fake out ending kind of thing um it made me think a lot of like a j-horror film as if it were like the american remake of a j-horror that doesn't exist and so i just kind of like that vibe and that tone to well, that's it. one of the things i found derivative about it, it was a lot like the grudge would you say it was derivative and boring repetitive but the thing is there's nothing specifically that it's derived off of so well i mean i can think of a million movies that it's just like like smile or grudge or anything where there's a curse and you get the whole boring research scene and you're like yeah yeah we're we're steps ahead of you you're catching up to us okay anyway i don't know we're we're split on it but i quite liked it so okay i'm glad you liked uh and what i (laughs) want to conclude about it though is that um I'm glad for films like this because I think there needs to be studio horror films that do well so that they will keep throwing money at people to make stuff like oh, this. Oh, shit. That reminds me. Can I back up real quick? Yeah. Another honorable mention, Barbarian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the same kind of thing. It was a studio horror film mm-hmm. that surprisingly did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, we need those to exist even if we want to be like the cool underground. Oh, yeah. I hate the mainstream. Dude, I want, I want yeah. popular, good, mainstream horror films. 
but the emphasis has to be on good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. So that being said, it was also a very bad year for horror films. <laughs> and a few that I want to highlight, um, VHS 99, mm-hmm. what the fuck's going on with that? I don't yeah, know. I'm so scared about this next one. I uh, hope that they save it somehow. Yeesh, Yeesh so bad. And it was Not even of, any Rotman in this one, you know? No. And it was one of those things, like, when I watched it, I was just like, why do I keep watching these? Yeah, yeah. But, hey, here we are. Uh, Halloween ends, of course. Nothing else needs to be said about it. Uh, I do think that the idea of the movie of, like, the copycat killer thing was, like, a cool idea. And in the right hands, it could have been a fun sequel, but... That's the frustrating part. Yeah. There's a kernel of a good movie in mm-hmm. there. And you see that one part, and it entices you. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into it, it's, oof, so bad. Yep. Um, the Hellraiser 2022. Oh. I don't know if this is a, a remake or a reboot cool or what. I forgot about that, yeah. God, and from the director it's from, it's like so disappointing that mm-hmm. you see the other films and you're like, yes, this guy could do Hellraiser easy. Was it David Bruckner, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and God, it was just, it, the, it was all the worst parts of all the terrible direct-to-video Hellraiser sequels where there's like no, none of the sensuality or the eroticism None of the interesting lore. None of the envelope pushing. Yeah, it's, it's, it was just so by the numbers, so generic. It was a slasher film with Cinnabice in it. A waste. Which is everything that you don't want Hellraiser to be. Yep. Um, and then it's not horror, but I thought I would just toss this in here. Uh, as an entirety, Marvel Phase 4. What, what a mess the, <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been in. Um, I haven't hated all the Phase 4 films. Like I think uh, the Spider-Man one, No Way Home was good. I actually kind of like the Eternals when most people hated that one, but it's what it is. Sheesh! Like all the rest, like God. If your series of films needs to be designated as a certain phase, (laughs) fuck you! I'm out. Um, And clearly, they are aware of this because they've they've been making the news around about like, oh, we realize we've kind of gotten off the rails and we're going to try to course correct it. So just like any comic book line, (laughs) yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But um, so that brings me to my final pick for the year. Steering us back into horror to talk about from 2022, Speak No Evil. This is about a Danish family that visits a Dutch family that they meet on holiday. This is on my list. And they come over to stay for the weekend, and it's a textbook lesson and envelope pushing and the slow descent oh, into insanity. Dude, I'm going to have to watch it tonight. And if you love a good, like, soul-crushing, leave-you-feeling-bad film, this is the one to check out from this year, because God... You will be like up off the couch screaming at the TV. Oh, awesome. And I've seen wait. criticisms of it where they say like of the main characters, like no realistic person would go through and like let everything pass that they let pass. And to that, I say bullshit. Cause I have seen people that are these people in the film like and make excuses and, stuff and like excuse that. every little thing until it's too far too late. Yeah. Um, so I do believe this could happen and it's, you just got to let yourself go with it and roll with the story and it's super soul-crushing, and you'll be very depressed when it's over, but it has that cathartic, like, the hereditary-style soul-dumping. All right. After it's over, you have that release, and you feel, you feel good. Um, so creative, so out of left field. I don't think the director's maybe done, like, some shorts otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Taftrup. Loved it. Would love to see whatever they're going to do next. Just, ooh, so good. Excellent. I'm going to watch it. Bleak, but good. So those are our film discoveries. All right. Go hopefully, check those hopefully out. Hopefully you guys agree with some of these. Perhaps you disagree. <laughs> Please let us know. Right in. Let us know what your favorite film discoveries. I'll probably make a post to prompt that. Yeah. Let us know here. how wrong Dustin is about Smile. Yeah. Fight him in the comments. <laughs> fight, fight, fight him in the comments. Oh, you know what? Maybe this is a good time to mention this too. I, uh, I rebranded my social media stuff. Yeah? I saw that. Um, 
I had been using like my old gamer tag and it was kind of like outdated and mm-hmm. didn't really make sense anymore. And I'm always going back and forth whether I want to be involved on Twitter or not. And nah, 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 do I, don't I? And so I rebranded now and everything. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I've got the blue. That's B-L-U, like Blu-ray. I think what I'm trying to challenge myself to do to actually use Twitter in some small capacity is that anytime I watch a new film for the first time, I'm going to like share the Letterboxd log and do like a tweet's worth of commentary on it. Okay. Since I don't always have the time to write like a lengthy thing like I would like to. Right. Uh, Just something fun. So if you want to talk about movies or role-playing game stuff or whatever, I'm kicking it over there. Nice. Almost Do you have just, to take a shot every time you read it? I don't know. Maybe. That might be dangerous. <laughs> that might you know. actually get me on Twitter. <laughs> um, but I've already started. You can see my tentative thoughts about the latter part of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise nice. on there. Uh, I'll mostly just be sharing shit that I buy. Nothing exciting. Very I cool. have com- I will probably always hold off on Twitter. I don't think I can bring myself <laughs> to be on there. I can't justify it at this moment. Definitely I do the not. Insta. Mm-hmm. More bean than Gene. If you, uh, yep. If you want to keep up with Michael, keep up with my. I don't ever post. Um, no. I may I start do, posting. I may start posting things I make. So cool. You know, it usually you can, just pictures of my cats. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the show, and that brings us to talking about what's ahead in 2023. So the elephant in the room that we already know about that we got to talk about for a second. Yeah, I'm fucking out, guys. Michael's leaving us. Peace. I am going to focus more on some different aspects of my life. Being a lazy stay-at-home dad. Yeah. <laughs> Eating bonbons on the couch. You're, you're one step closer to becoming the sitcom you always wanted to be. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> um, no, it has been a blast doing this. Um, the whole reason I'm leaving is as my child gets older, just gets more and more demanding. Um, I have to kind of split where I want to put my time. Mm-hmm. And I, as we've mentioned uh, many, many times, we're all role players and RPG years and everything like that. And doing this podcast has kind of started to infringe on whether or not I have the free time and to, mm. to spend a role playing yeah. and God, I miss that. Um, oh yeah. So you got to make time for just hanging and mental health stuff too. You know yeah. For sure. Yeah. So kind of those things have suffered for me. It's different, you know, mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. is different from where it was. It's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I really but, like where my life is right now, but it's just different from when we started the podcast and, I don't. I always said that if this ever felt like it was becoming mm. more of a job, and and I was really like, oh, I got to do this, mm. you know, like squeeze it in, then it's time for me to step away because that means I wasn't going to enjoy it. Right. Just walk away. Yeah. And <laughs> so that's essentially what I'm doing. Um, I am breaking up with Jason. I'm sorry to. Yeah. Right. As if you could. My heart. I'm sorry to. As I mean, if. you know, the sex is going to be way better you after we've broken me. up. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a Life lot better. Fucks. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Um, so it is going to be left with just these two guys for right now. I don't know what their plan is coming for the future. Um, but bottom line uh, is Michael doesn't love you as much as we do. Dear listeners. I mean, that's probably true. (laughs) That really wasn't where I wanted to stop on. I I wanted to stop on, Hey everybody join us in wishing Michael. Well, um, you always have a place on this show. I'm sure he'll be back. If you ever want to hop in just for one episode or curate one of our blocks or drop an article on the blog. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to curate a block. Um, (laughs) He's talking about pooping. I've got no strings to hold me. (laughs) And, um, you know, your influence will live on. We're going to keep your bumps and stuff, your music cues. Oh, yeah, we're totally keeping that shit. Um, That's property of us now. You'll be here a little bit behind the scenes on these next few episodes as you teach us how to do the editing behind the scenes, which was your responsibility. Yeah, so go a little 
easy on them if it's a little. Yeah, uh, it so, might suck, um, but bear with it'll us. It'll probably still be better than most of the podcasts out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired! Ooh, I'm I kid. That's I kid. the boldest I've seen you be about our show. I kid. That one wasn't even over the bow. That was like at the hull. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so to recap it, Jason and I are going to come up with some plans for the future. Uh, for now, we're just going to be a duo. Do it like we did the Extreme Horror Block. Uh, January is going to be freestyle time. We're just going to pitch some films that we've wanted to talk about that uh, there was no block that fit to ever bring them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, numbers-wise, that worked really well for the podcast. So yeah. maybe people were like, oh, thank God Michael's not there. Let's uh, <laughs> let's actually listen to this shit now. Um, and, and until we have like another host or if we have guests, or I don't know what we're going to do, but for the time being, your pick of a film michael will still exist and if we don't have a person to join us we were just going to put another listener episode in the uh, ghost of michael will always yeah. be present yes. so that, that will be the honorary slot in a sense of our rotation of films we talk about all right well you got anything else or do i get to do my last send-off um no I think, man i think take, that's it, take uh, it away. 2022 was crazy but fun and i'm looking forward to another year yeah same here man all right well since it's my final time doing it it has been so much fun working on this podcast, interacting. Honestly, my favorite part of it's probably been interacting oh, and yeah. just reading uh, comments from people who actually take two hours out of their it, We appreciate it and it means and so listen. much to you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, reminds you that you're not just talking into a void. I mean, you, I usually <laughs> am. Um, but um, these guys are definitely going to need much more of your suggestions since Please. there's going to be yeah, bring it on. Um, a lack of my opinions running around. Uh, so please continue to send those in however you like. If you, um, I mean, Dustin's going to be the next Twitter influencer. Oh, God, no. Um, so, you know, hit him up on Twitter. I've got the, at, I've got the blue. <laughs> no E. Nope, like Blu-ray. Um, or you can find Jason lurking on whatever random uh, porn chat site <laughs> he's on. <laughs> And you can be like, hey, I recognize this guy. Here's a movie recommendation for you. I know, I know that wiener anywhere. Um, or, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to say hi, folks. Yeah. Um, or uh, Dustin does do regular Instagram posts. Mm-hmm. Um, we do the Facebook thing. You know, Find us where you can find us. Yeah, wherever you want to do it. Or if you just want to do the old-fashioned email. We've actually got a few of those from there. They're yeah. fun. And those are totally cool, too. So it's been so much fun. I will miss you guys, but I will still be watching all of your interactions, and uh, I know where you live. Okay. (laughs) Oh, whoa. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You've been listening to Genre Exposure. Bye, everyone. Take care. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.